Hey guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. Guys, there is, there's just so much going on right now. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but <laughs> today I have a really, really awesome interview. I got a chance to talk to, um, one of my friends, <laughs> um, Haley, and I'm gonna call her a friend because I feel like her and I had such a good conversation that we're basically friends now. But um, we met through a networking event and I got a chance to talk with her about her job and um, just coaching. And so that was really awesome because I don't think I've had anyone who's a coach of any level on here yet. So that was a very new perspective for me to learn about. And I think it was really cool to chat with her. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we're going to talk about the NWSL this weekend. Um, it was literally just like goal central. I think that there were... 21 goals scored the whole weekend in six games, and it was a lot. Um, so we're going to take a minute to talk about that, some of the score levels, and then I'm just going to give you guys a little life update. I don't know if you guys want a little life update, but that's what I'm feeling in the mood for today, and so that is what you are going to get. So with that being said, we are going to just kind of start talking about soccer stuff. And so the weekend started on Friday with Racing Louisville and Washington Spirit. I I really thought the Spirit had this in the bag. Like, not gonna lie, they got up two goals. They seemed to be in a good rhythm. They had a much better game than Louisville did um, with getting shots off and just generally, like, looked a lot better. You know, Trinity Rodman scored 34th minute, opened up the scoring. They were like, okay, solid, you know. And then uh, Maddie... Elwell, I think is how you say her last name. I was pronouncing it wrong for a really long time, but I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, she scored right before they went to half, and that was her professional day, her first professional goal. And so, very exciting for her. But honestly, like, it kind of seemed like they had this good rhythm, they were going to the half up, and that was going to help them. But then we got to the second half, and then Nadia Nadim subbed in, and... For those of you who have not followed her or, like, don't follow Louisville, um, she tore her ACL but came back really fast. And so this was one of her first couple games back, and she scored a brace, um, first brace in club history, and she scored, like, 66th minute and then, like, around the last, like, couple minutes of the game – and in those two opportunities, the spirit kind of just, like, fell apart. And obviously, they've had such a grueling schedule that I can't blame them. I really hope that this international break is good for them and they can just relax and have proper training. Um, but, yeah, after the match, Chris Ward was not, not, not in the best mood, let's just say that. Um, which I can't blame him because they were the better team. They did look... A lot better and we're playing well but it just it kind of just fell out of their grasp um and you know obviously the players are disappointed like the spirit players were disappointed because that's happened a few times so far this season where they've they've looked good they've had a lead and then they've kind of gone into the second half like maybe a little bit too comfortable with that lead and it's kind of fallen back on them and so hopefully after this international break their schedule comes down a bit and They'll be able to find more of that rhythm and, you know, become more of the team that we saw last season. But overall, I just hope that they get lots of rest. And honestly, for Louisville to come back and tie this game up, like, their head coach was very happy with that result. And they were glad to take the one point on the road. And so, while the Spirit weren't happy <laughs> to concede those two goals, I think it gives them some things to look at. And I'm very just, I'm excited for what they will look like post-international break when they haven't played, you know, three matches in a week. And then after that, the weekend, guys, the weekend just got wild from there. But Kansas City, Chicago Red Stars was another, like, I don't know, kind of similar game, but not completely. Um, So... Kristen Hamilton, she's been really good. I think I raved about her, like, an episode or two ago. But she is so underrated as a player. 
and she scored opening minutes of the match, put Kansas City up, and then that was about it for the first half. Um, there were some good chances and looks from, like, both teams, but nothing that, like, hit the back of the net. The, the net. <laughs> nothing that hit the back of the net. Um, <laughs> and then second half, things got wild. So Amanda Kowalski scored for Chicago, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I think it was also her first professional goal, um, and so congrats to all the pro goals for the first time and all that stuff, um, and hers was off of a corner or a set piece. I, I definitely should take more notes before I start doing this, but... <laughs> I do know that her goal tied the game, and then Mallory Pugh took a penalty a couple minutes later. Red Stars had the lead. That did not last long because about 10 minutes later, CeCe Kaiser scored. Pretty sure that was her first goal for Kansas City. So first goal for her home team in Kansas City. Very exciting. Um, and then the game kind of just played off, played out the rest from there. Um, ended 2-2 in a tie. But overall, like, I think if you were to say a team played better, I think Chicago looked a little bit better in this match. But really, like, they were kind of evenly matched. And I think that, I know I just said this with the spirit, but I am excited to see Kansas City kind of find more of a rhythm. You know, they've been missing players, people have been out and injured. And so I'm excited to kind of see how bringing in you know these two new players will help help them kind of figure out their identity a bit more and so that happened and then Olo Rain Angel City very good game um not a very good game actually that was that was sarcastic but I didn't like deliver it correctly so I feel like I need to specify not a good game um Olo Rain won 1-0. Uh, Bethany Balser scored. Very happy for her. But this game got so choppy and the refs were not controlling it at all. Um, Megan Rapinoe got a yellow when she was on the field and then she subbed off. And then while she was on the bench, I think Balser went down and got hurt and Rapinoe was like yelling at the ref like, dude, you're letting this game get out of control. And they showed her a red. That is the first red card Megan Rapinoe has ever gotten in her professional career. Like, I think that that says more about the refs not doing their job than it does about Megan Rapinoe. But there were 30 fouls this game, um, like, between each team. It was just, it was messy, and there were, like, six yellows. Like, it just was not a good game, and you guys are probably so, so tired of hearing me say this. But the refs, like, we got, we got to do something about that. Like, there's, I don't, I just don't, I don't understand how things can get this consistently bad and you have players speaking out time and time again and nothing is changing. Like, it, it blows my mind because, you know, if, if you're in school and, you know, everyone is failing a test, the teacher is going to be like, oh, maybe I didn't deliver this right. Maybe I didn't teach, or at least in my experience, if, if a whole entire class or 30, not 30%, like 80% of a class failed a test, my teacher would reteach a lesson and be like, what did you not understand? How can I make you understand this? How can I better do my job? So why are these refs looking at, you know, going to these games, seeing that they're not doing their job correctly, players are speaking out and still nothing is changing. It's, I, yeah, there's just no words for it, um, and I just think what's, what's extra frustrating is that we have a new commissioner in the NWSL, and everyone is like, oh, yay, like, new commissioner, and she seemed, she seems great, like, she seemed like she was gonna do a lot of good stuff, but we haven't seen her do anything yet, and I know, I know there's, like, logistical sides of things and business sides of things, but a few weeks ago she had said that they were looking into the refing, and still nothing has changed. If anything, it's gotten worse. So, as like a 
I, as as a fan who wants to make sure that my favorite players are being protected, but also as somebody who wants to, you know, work in this industry and cover sports and stuff like that, like, I have to ask and wonder, like, what is actually being done to look into this stuff? Um, because as of right now, it seems like nothing is being done. And so that is a big point of concern. I will probably continue to mention it time and time again, but... After that mess of a game, we moved to Portland and Orlando, and this was also a mess of a game for Orlando, and so Orlando was just, I we need to cut them a little bit of slack because they are going through it, you know, they just, the Pride organization just bought out Amy Turner's contract, a lot of players don't seem too happy about that, they have their whole coaching issue right now, and so cutting them some slack in that regard this was still not a good game for them um they the whole entire match they got six shots three on target now if you look at portland they got 27 shots 12 on target so they doubled their shots on target were double the amount of shots that orlando had in total um, and obviously, like, everybody knows Portland is a really, really good team, but this was just, this was just something else. Um, so, Hina Sugita scored in the 21st minute, first goal, put Portland up 1-0. And then, off of a set piece, Becky Sauerbrunn scored with a header. No, it got, like, headed down. She kicked it. She scored. I don't even know. I was just too excited that Becky scored. It was There was a header in there somewhere. It wasn't from her. I don't know. But Becky scored, guys. And Becky had tweeted that throughout the month she would be donate, donating money for every appearance she made. And then goal the team scored, I think. But then also goals that she scored. And so she scored one goal. And so very exciting. Um, and a fun, like, fact that I saw on Twitter was that the last time Becky scored was actually against Portland. And so it's kind of funny that now she's scoring and it's, you know, for Portland. And then Sophia Smith comes in, absolute bangers of goals. Um, one in the 63rd minute, one in the 86th. She's trying to catch up to Alex Morgan in that golden boot race. And, you know, for a second, she kind of, she kind of had it there. She was, I think Alex was at nine and Sophia was at six and so she scored two and so it was like eight and nine but then later that day Alex went and scored a brace of her own and so now they're three apart again um so at that point Thorns are up four zero um Natalie Cuica scores five zero and then in uh the first minute of stoppage time I'm actually not sure how much stoppage time there was in this game because by the time this was ending, I was at the Gotham game, but, um, Taylor Porter scored, um, and, yeah, so, Orlando just could not catch a break, final score was 6-0, Portland just, Portland was just running it up, honestly, they were just seeing how many goals they could get, um, this was actually a really interesting game, though, because, um, like, Christine Sinclair didn't play, and there were some, their formation was different than I think we've seen Portland play. And so up top, you started Sophia Smith and Olivia Moultrie. And then they had a, so they had a 4-4-2. Um, and I think, obviously, like, it worked out in their favor with the way they scored. But definitely very interesting, interested to see how this continues. Because I feel like their scoreline has been kind of co- consistent. But, like, also not really. Like, since the regular season started, they've had a win, two ties, a loss to Houston. They lost to Houston 2-0. And then they play Houston again and win 4-0. And then, like, same with, same with like, Angel City. Like, Angel City beats them in the Challenge Cup and then they play them again and beat them 3-0. And so I feel like they're just kind of, like, all over the place. And so, who knows, maybe next game they play against Angel City, they could lose 6-0. Like, I feel like you never really know what's going to happen in the NWSL. And so, with that pattern continuing, um, San Diego Wave played Gotham FC. 
this was this was such a disappointing match, honestly, because so I was there and environment was amazing. There were so many people there. Season high record for attendance. Really just such a great environment. And Gotham played well. Like they really did. Um obviously like there were a lot of issues with the midfield and I think that that's been a consistent problem with them this season. But overall, like they they played well. Um they had good opportunities. There was like two or three times where we all thought that they scored and then it was just like just bounced off the post or I think that there there was a really good opportunity from um Ife Anamanu and she she got up there and I don't think that like it was intended as a shot. I think that she just got there at the right time and hit the like she just tapped the ball and it like if it had bounced off the post like a little bit more to the side it would have hit the back back of the net. But it was just the wrong angle and it was there was another good opportunity from like Paige Monahan and it was just like just above the goal. Like so many good opportunities, but nothing was able to hit the back of the net. And it was really frustrating because like you could tell that Gotham, like obviously like they lost to San Diego at the beginning of the season four zero. They didn't want that to happen again and they really looked like they had those opportunities to get those goals. There was just, like, that finishing piece that was not clicking. And so Alex Morgan scored in the 19th minute and then scored again right before um, they went to half. So she had a brace. And I think what was really frustrating about watching those goals is that they were both very similar goals. And the same issues happened with the midfield and the back line for Gotham. And so I think that that's obviously something that they need to like look at and reflect on because both goals have the same kind of like lead up to it. And so I don't know how you can like look at that and not want to change something. And so I'm hoping that again, coming back from this international break, more like teams are going to have this time to kind of take this, these two weeks or week or two. Yeah, I think it's two weeks. Evaluate what they've been doing, what's working, what's not working, how they can improve things, and all that kind of stuff. And so I, obviously San Diego has really, really solidified themselves in this league. They have an identity. They play well. They're a strong team. And that's kind of how I felt about Gotham last season. Like, Gotham knew who they were, and they knew what they were playing for. And even with everything going on, like, they were a solid team. And I think it's really frustrating to look at them this season knowing that our entire team is pretty much the same except for who's in goal, a defender, but like our front line's the same. Obviously we're missing Allie Long, but it's really frustrating to look at the fact that this team is mostly the same and there's just it there's just this disconnect and I think that the midfield is one of the biggest issues. I think Taryn Torres is really, really good, and I talked about her last week, but it's so much pressure to put on this rookie to be like, we want you to play, like, Allie Long, because we don't know when out, like, and obviously, like, they play the same position, she has similar qualities to Allie Long, but I think that they're expecting her to be this more of a veteran role than she is, and there are some, like, I just don't understand why we aren't playing Jennifer Cujo. Like, lots of questions about the Gotham midfield. But back to the game, Alex Morgan scores a brace, and then we come back. Gotham almost gets, a, like, a goal. We really, really thought we were going to get it back in there. I think I think if we had scored one goal, it just, it would have been nice to have that, like, you know, one goal or, like, whatever. And especially against Kaylin because like Kaylin got traded to San Diego and all that kind of stuff but then Mackenzie Doniak scored um and so that put San Diego up 3-0 and the game kind of played out the rest like that um San Diego was kind of trying to just hold Gotham off from scoring and I mean all credit to Gotham like they played really really hard until the end it just is unfortunate that nothing was able to come from it and we weren't able to get those points um and then and then the Houston Dash North Carolina Courage game this was this was wild so it was 
basically very back and forth and then all of a sudden like so many goals in the last like in like 10 minutes there were like four goals and so Denise O'Sullivan opens up the scoring six minute for North Carolina and then so you know they're like comfortable they have a good lead whatever whatever and then the dash scores Maria Sanchez scores 15 minutes and so that was that was the first half goal wise um and then we get we get a couple minutes into the second half Elizabeth Eddy scores 47th minute and then so now now the dash are up to 2 to 1 Elizabeth Eddy scores again 50th minute dash are up 3 to 3 to 1 and then Nichelle Prince scores in the 51st minute so they are up 4 to 1 and everyone's like whoa like go dash dash on whatever um and then you know that's not how the rest of the game plays out though because 57th minute diana ordonez scores so four to two and then dibino scores in the 59th minute so four to three and then from there like there were lots of good chances from both teams and everyone really thought like north carolina was going to get that fourth goal to tie it up and honestly if they had tied that up I think it would have been absolutely wild just to see the fact that they were from the 47th minute to the 59th minute there were five goals it was just wild and for Houston they had five shots on target four of them ended up being goals and so that's kind of like I don't know that's kind of wild to look at stats wise and so honestly this game this NWSL weekend, like, you never know what to expect with this league, and I know I think I said that already, but, like, right now, North Carolina's at the bottom of the standings, and then you have San Diego up top, which has been kind of consistent throughout the season, but, like, Angel City was in second for a while, now they're in sixth, and, you know, Kansas City looked like they were going to be a really good team when you looked at the Challenge Cup, and they're sitting in 10th. And the Spirit won last season, but they're sitting in seventh. And if you look at games played, like, two teams have played ten games and most have played nine, but then you have Gotham and North Carolina who have each only played seven. So how are they, you know, down two, three games? And so honestly, like, as many games have been played, there's still so much time for things to, like, switch up and change. And I'm just very excited for the rest of the NWSL season and... I promise, I promise next, like, game weekend I am going to actually sit down and watch games and, like, like, analyze them and give you, like, better quality of what happened. I just, I knew I was going to the Gotham game this weekend until I missed a couple games and, of course, the ones I missed were, like, the super, super exciting ones. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm working on getting back into a rhythm of good giving you guys good soccer qual content I don't even have words right now but when we come back from the international break there so there's no games until July 1st and then when we come back from the international break um all the teams play again but there will still be players away for international duty because of um CONCACAF qualifying and all that kind of stuff other big NWSL news um Racing Louisville traded the rights to Tobin Heath to a well rain and Tobin has signed with the rain. Um, I think when I was on the press conference, Laura said she's expected to join, um, or to have joined Monday. Don't know if that actually happened. Um, I didn't see anything about it. So maybe it'll be a little bit more time before she joins the team. But then in other big news, a well rain, they, they are just like stacking up the players because they have Kim Little still coming in. Um, they're waiting for her visa to go through. And, but then you also have Tobin Heath who just signed. And then they signed Jordan Heidema. And so, honestly, when they come back from the international break and all their players are back and have time to work together, from the looks-wise and seeing who is on this team, they should be the best team in the league. Like, there's no reason that they shouldn't be this super, super successful team, especially with Laura Harvey coaching them. So I really think that it's going to be a battle between the rain and San Diego for who that top spot is um, and everything else. Like, honestly, who knows what's going to happen? Like, I don't know. Angel City, 
their whole game plan kind of seemed to be revolving around Kristen, so hopefully they can find out something that works for them in a new identity, and hopefully, you know, Gotham figures out their rhythm too, and I don't know, guys, I'm just, I'm just excited to see how the rest of this NWSL season plays out, and I am really hoping that they announce where the final is soon so that I can try to go, because um, I think it would just be so much fun to be there. And, you know, flights are expensive right now, or gas is expensive, so I need some, I need some, like, heads up so I can figure out how to get there and who's going to go with me. So if you want to go with me to the NWSL final, let me know. But with that being said, we are just going to get into the interview with Haley because it was a blast. So, yeah, bye. Today I have a really awesome guest, and so I'm very excited if you want to introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, I'm Haley Sveed. I'm super excited to be here. Um, right now I coach a bunch of soccer, uh, and I'm sure I'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, so I think like the first question I always kind of start with whenever I have anybody on this on my podcast is, like, why soccer? What about soccer drew you in? Why'd you start playing? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so when I was a kid, I mean, I played in like the rec leagues, probably when I was five, kindergarten, whatever, <laughs> um, started to really love it, played for my town team. And then once it got to a certain age, I think I was probably in like fourth grade, um, I realized like, okay, I really actually like soccer and I really want to continue this in more of like a competitive sense. So my parents would drive me about an hour to a different teams oh practice just because where we were our area of like orange county new york um there just wasn't really a competitive soccer club so the most competitive clubs were more like north rockland and different areas like that so my parents ended up um driving me to like new jersey and north rockland and i got involved into um pretty heavily like competitive soccer played odp played in the ecnl league uh played for world class base out of orangeburg like the majority of my playing career uh, so I, I, I think it's one of those things where I'm honestly not sure if I ever played a different sport other than soccer <laughs> as a kid, like it might've just been presented to me, like here, play soccer. And I loved it. Um, but it really started when I was young and then kicked off. And then clearly it's still in my life because after playing in college, uh, I'm now a coach in uh, many different realms of soccer. So it's one of those things. I think you try it, you like it, and then you, you run with it. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. Cause I know, I know a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, like I played, you know, every single sport I could. And then I was like, oh, soccer, I'll, I'll go with soccer. Like that one was more fun. So that's kind of cool that like you just pick soccer and stuck with it right from the start. Yeah, it clicked. My dad, um, my dad played football pretty, uh, like he went to college and played football and all that stuff and he didn't have a son. So I was kind of like his sit-in son. We have, I have yeah. two younger sisters um so he definitely lived a little bit like vicariously through and I mean helping me play soccer yeah, and, and soccer do all that stuff Spanish is football so you're basically playing football yeah exactly That's so funny. um and so obviously you mentioned you played soccer in college kind of what was that experience like for you and yeah so I'll be honest um now as a coach and now knowing a lot of the kids that are seniors and transitioning to college soccer and same with like juniors trying to figure out where they want to go and what they want to do like it's a pretty stressful time um it's it's like the recruiting process is stressful you go to tournaments and there's coaches lined up on the sidelines like watching you and you're like okay well who's gonna like me you can't email them because of NCAA rules like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that is pretty stressful and also I think on the parent side of it, like a lot of parents just like don't understand the recruiting process. Like there's no, there's not a lot of knowledge about it. Um, so I know when I first started to get looked at, like I was, I was getting looked at by like a, a wide variety of different schools, but I knew like, okay, I wanted to go down South. I wanted a football school. Like I wanted football at the school and um, I wanted division one. Like those were just my three boxes that I wanted to check yeah. off. So um Mercer University saw me at some sort of tournament and um their division one they were down south in Georgia and they had football so I was like beautiful um and basically right when you step into your freshman year like it is everything is thrown at you like you've got fitness tests you've got oh you're playing against SEC schools in your preseason games like it is such a whirlwind of 
just like highs and lows. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I would go back and redo every single minute again, just because once you're a senior and that final whistle blows, like you're done. Like that's it. The four years have just been like blink of an eye done. So I recommend to anybody like just enjoy it. I know it's so easy to say, but time flies by so fast when you're playing college sports, um, especially when like injuries are involved and there's just so many different aspects of, of life that get thrown at you in college in general. And then to add division one sport on top of it, it's, it's a whirlwind, but it's one I would definitely want to get sucked back into again. For sure. I mean, college in general is like crazy. Like, I mean, I, I can't even believe that like my freshman year just finished. I'm like, no, what? I was like, yeah, it's so I can't even imagine. Like, I mean, I, I say this literally every single episode, people are probably fed up, but I do work with like the women's soccer team on campus. And so getting to help see like those games in the fall. And then all of a sudden it's like their spring games and they're training again. And I'm like, like, whoa, it's like, yeah, what is going on? We need a pause button. You really do. Yeah. It's like we're soaking in. It's really hard to soak it all in when it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Cause you feel like you need to do so many things. So you're like, go, go, go all the time. And then you like get to that point where it's like, like school just ended. And I'm like, wow, I really did all those things. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at, I'm really bad at staying in the moment because I always have so many things coming, Yeah, which that's like one of the biggest things I need to work on is like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I want to do. Like just, that's it. And then when the next moment comes, like, okay, figure out the next moment, but I I agree. It's, it's so hard to not, it's so hard to not think towards whatever's going to be next. There's like, there's so many things that like, I want to do and that like I have like pl- that I'm like planning and like I'm so passionate about like the career I want to do that like sometimes like I, I just want to do it already and then I'm like wait have fun in college like just enjoy it like I have to yeah, like, find myself every once in a while find that balance that's like the hardest part is finding that balance of getting everything you want but then also like satisfying things that aren't gonna be involved in your career or, or yeah. whatever yeah it's tough I agree it's really hard <laughs> And so obviously you coach a million different teams right now. So yeah. what, like what inspired you to become a coach? We'll start with that. And then we'll talk a little bit about your coaching career. Yeah. So right now I coach a bunch of different realms of soccer. So I have youth soccer, which is, I have a U13 team, which they're under 13 years old. And then I have a U12, which they're under 12 years old. Um, I teach at a private school K through eight PE. So I have like kindergarten through eighth grade there. <laughs> And then I have ODP, which is Olympic Development Program. Um, I'm an assistant coach for the 2006 girls. So they're a little bit older. They're more like juniors, um, juniors in high school. And then I'm also volunteer assisting at Felician University, which is a division two college in um, Rutherford, New Jersey. So I have like literally. Yeah, you literally, you hit all the marks, all the age ranges. I have babies to big kids. And when I first got out of college, um, I was, I was pretty burnt out from soccer. Like I was like, I'm never going to touch a soccer ball again. Um, like I said, it's just, it's a lot division one sports is it takes a lot out of you mentally and physically. So I graduated when I finished up school, I didn't really know where I wanted to live. And my dad's worked in New York city for years. And he was like, why wouldn't you move to New York city? I was like, okay, well I'll go from Georgia and I'll move to the city. Um, and I started coaching at this I was working at a job I really didn't like, just like a nine to five, just a straight out of college job. And then um, I just, I needed soccer back in my life in the sense of, I realized how big of a part of my, not even my life, just like who I am. Uh, and there's a program called Soccer Shots, which is basically a youth, youth soccer program for two to eight year olds. And I got into that on the weekends. And then once I did that, like, it was just fun. Like it wasn't competitive. Like it was definitely a different side of soccer that I hadn't seen in quite some time. Um, And then after that, I met a few guys that worked at Manhattan soccer club, which is the club I work at now. And I was like, guys, I think I want to get like more into soccer. And then I interviewed with Manhattan soccer club and got into that. So it was more of a, I realized how much I miss soccer, but the playing side of it was over. So I, I tried to fill that like feel that emptiness with coaching and it's obviously it's it's I've realized I want soccer to be my whole life again and I'm pushing for that to be my career like you're saying like I really I know what I want to do now in life and now I can try to do that in so many different ways so it was more of a 
I stopped soccer. I really missed it. And coaching was the next thing that I could kind of fill it up just because not that I couldn't play again, but it's hard to, it's hard to play again. If in the city, if you don't really know like financially what you can do and just a bunch of different moving parts. So yeah. No, that's so exciting though. I like, I don't know for, I guess the only way that I can like relate to the soccer thing, cause I've never played soccer. I just became a big fan and I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do, I guess. Um, but for me, like I've danced my whole life and like, I got to college and I was like, I still want to dance, but like, it wasn't going to be as big of a role in my life as it like was when I was in middle school and high school and stuff like that. And so kind of finding the balance, I actually ended up trying to do two shows and didn't, wasn't able to do either just because of things that happened, but it did make me realize like how much I do enjoy dancing. And so I was like, okay, at least I have the option to like still do this. So I'm glad that you were able to like find that like realm of soccer in your life. Yeah. My journey. Cause I definitely <laughs> in the same, in, the, in like the same breath, I'm like, oh, I'm really bummed that I didn't stay down in Georgia and continue to play soccer where I'm like, I went to New York city. I'm now in this coaching career and path that I'm really grateful for. So I'm, big believer like everything happens for a reason um so I'm grateful for the things that have unfolded from from then but sometimes I do think back and I'm like oh did I did I mess up a little bit like should I have should I have kept playing or should I have done whatever but coaching has been a really coaching has been a really cool adventure so far so I'm excited for what's next and what's next to come yeah and there's always like you can always find like a like a pickup game or something in the city probably there's always something going on there if you wanted to play (laughs) Yeah, MSC has MSC has a W League team, so I'm okay. playing for that. Um, so like, I still have soccer in that sense of my life, um, but definitely not. I wish I would have continued to actually play right out of yeah. college. So it's still there. It's just I missed a I missed a few years. So for it's sure, okay. I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is like the process to become a coach? I know that like that's kind of like I don't know. That's a con- a common question that like a lot of my friends and I have on Twitter who follow like the NWSL and stuff like that, just because we're like, sometimes you're like looking at these coaches and you're like, okay, I, I'm not, I don't name names because I very much value what I want to do <laughs> when I grow up, <laughs> but just like how much goes into that? Yeah. So, so there's, I, I don't want to say it's, it's obviously it's about networking. It's who, you know, it's, that's kind of how everything goes in life. Um, a lot of it is about networking, but a lot of it is about, which I wish they would have done this in college. And I'm hoping now being a coach, I can promote this a little bit more. Um, you get different licenses, different coaching licenses. So essentially there's two different realms of like coaching licenses. So there's us soccer, which you can get your grassroots, which is like four V four soccer, seven V seven, nine V nine, 11 V 11. Um, and then you move to like your D license. And then C and then B and then A. So it kind of moves up that tier. So you go, like I have my D license and I'm going to go get my C license. And then after my C, I can get my B and et cetera, et cetera. So once you have those, having that is definitely like a resume booster and also just a cool experience. It's like a six, six month period sometimes now with COVID where it's just virtual Zooms. Then you meet on the field and you present your activity. Um, And then there's United Soccer Coaches, which has a bunch of other different like national diplomas and um, again, just all these different diplomas and stuff that you meet a lot of good people while, while being at those, you get your name out there. Um, you make some great connections. So for those two, those are, if you don't have those, it's a little bit difficult to get into certain positions, but in the same breath, like you, you, maybe you don't have those and you're still a great coach and you know, somebody that knows somebody that needs something. So, um, the biggest thing, like if you want to become a coach, I would highly recommend doing your coaching licenses like that's the biggest thing and then also just networking like how we met like with just different and now with with COVID opening up so many virtual oh yeah everything it's so awesome yeah like but that also it comes back to the effort you put in to email somebody and the effort you put in to connect with somebody like that's going to go a really long way same with United Soccer Coaches has a, a coaching convention every year highly recommend anybody that really wants to like further their career just meet people like you should go to that convention and there's a bunch of different seminars and it's like four days long like it's just a really it's a really cool experience but it's 
I don't want to say it takes a lot of work, but it definitely takes, it takes a, as like, it takes off, you have to do stuff off the field in order to be successful on the sidelines and on the field. So coaching licenses for sure. And then just like networking, 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 and just reaching out to people however you can and just really connecting with people biggest things yeah I mean even if you're not like doing coaching emphasis on the networking because that's like literally how I've gotten everyone on this show it's by going to like the she believes virtual summit or like I did like a women in soccer networking event and you just get to like talk yeah. to so many different people and like it, you know, send out a LinkedIn message or like write a little message during the thing. And that's how we connected. And so it's really cool to just see how like the virtual like world has allowed you to reach so many more people like Twitter and just everything. Like I've met so many awesome people through social media and everything. And so definitely network. <laughs> yeah. What you put out is what you're going to get back for sure. Because if you don't, if you're not connecting with people or even just sending like a hello, you're definitely not, clearly you're not going to get one back. Yeah. So hundred percent networking and just being kind. Cause I, the, the soccer world is so small as I'm sure every other world is too. Like just be kind to people, like just be real, be kind. And, and you're, you will bump into that person at some point in your career again, whether you need them or they need you, like you're going to, you'll see their face. You will a hundred percent. Um, okay. And then kind of starting to wrap up, I was going to ask you, like, if you had any, any advice for someone who wanted to like either play soccer or get into coaching, but you kind of covered that, but if you have anything else you want to like throw out there, definitely like, yeah. go for it. I think the biggest thing, and, and it's, I mean, for me personally, like a lot of heart, I put a lot of hard work in without anyone knowing, like, just be humble with what you're doing, put in that work and you don't need to boast. And I think with social media, a lot of times now it's really easy to be like, I ran six miles today and then post it. Or like, I did this today and then post it. But I think at the end of the day, like your hard work you're putting in and no one's watching, it'll pay off on the front end. And you don't need to, like, you just be humble and do what you need to do to satisfy yourself and also get further in your career in whatever way that might be. And this isn't just for soccer or for playing or whatever. But for, yeah, for me personally, like on the playing wise, like, I really busted my butt behind the scenes and it paid off on the field. And then with coaching now, um, I think you just gotta, you gotta do what's right for you and you gotta just feel your gut and hard work does pay off. It sometimes takes quite some time, but if you put in that work, you're not going to have a great day every day, but you're going to look back and be like, I'm really grateful that I, I did X, Y, Z for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, months, et cetera. So all that stuff. That's my biggest advice is just like, just put in the work. It's not easy, but put in the work. It pays off. It does. For sure. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think anybody who's like listened to this like podcast, like when I started, it was just kind of something I was doing for fun. And now like I've gotten to talk to so many cool people. And so, you know, it's work, it's working out for me. And so you have to kind of find your thing. And once you do, you're you're kind of you'll just it'll work out for you eventually yeah I agree and you gotta you, you have to believe in that because we're all gonna have bad days and it's easy to harp on the bad days but at the end of the day like the, the good days outnumber the bad days in so many like in thousands like millions <laughs> and then what like okay this last question before we're gonna do some rapid fire but yeah go ahead what is your like like long-term like looking into the future like what do you want to do with coaching are you like cool with where you are do you want to like you know move up the ranks kind of deal like yeah so I so I definitely want to get into so I'm volunteer assistant coaching right now at Felician well the season is wrapped up but during spring slash winter I was doing it um I really want to get my foot in the college side of soccer just because as a player I played it but to be, which I've come to realize being a coach versus a player is totally different <laughs> um, in a good way and bad way. Like I know some things, I don't know some things. Um, so I definitely want to get my foot in the door with college. I'm excited to see this upcoming year, how college goes. If I were to look at like five years where I want to be, um, I want to have at least my B license. Like I want to be only coaching soccer, which I'm transitioning to only coaching soccer next year. But I think I just want to be in a position where whether it's because I still really don't know and I feel silly sometimes saying this but like I still really don't know if I want to be doing youth if I want to be doing older if I want to be doing college 
just because right now I have my hands in all those pots and like, I love all of them. And not to say that I can't continue to do that. So I definitely, I just want, I want soccer to be my, my life within the next, hopefully a year or two years and be comfortable and confident and um, just be a person that's going to help my players grow and just, just help other people grow. However, I can do that on or off the field is my biggest thing. Like, I just want to make an impact wherever I am for for the good, of course, not for bad. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I'm so excited to like, see what you do with like coaching stuff. I'm excited. (laughs) It's a little nerve wracking, but I got it. I got it. I'm sure you're, I'm sure if you're coaching all those teams, you're you're doing something right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Okay. And then, so we're going to do some rapid fire now. Um, Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to try to like not ramble because my mom tells me I I never keep these actually rapid, but we're just going to go for it. Ramble. Yeah. I ramble too. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. So what is like your go-to snack that you need to have all the time? Ooh, popcorn. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Popcorn's easy. What is your favorite piece of jewelry? Ooh, my goodness. This is hard. Rings for sure. I have rings that you can't really see. I usually have like 17 rings. I'm I like saw all the jewelry out. on you and I was like, that, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like decked out in, in jewelry every time I like step onto coach. I'm like, look good, feel good, play good. Now look good, feel good, coach good. Exactly. What, what was your favorite team that you played when you were in college? Ooh, favorite team we played against. Uh, ETSU was always a really fun, a really fun rivalry. Um, yeah, that was always just like, you were, it's just like blood, sweat, and tears always when we played them. It was a, it was a Eastern Tennessee State University, if anyone doesn't know, but Mercer against, yeah, ETSU was always a, always a big battle. <laughs> if you could try any other sport, which one would you want to try? Field hockey. Ooh. Yeah. I've watched field I don't hockey. Know why. It seems so fascinating to me. Yeah. And I feel like I, when I played in college, I was like a very physical player. Like I would run through a brick wall where now, <laughs> my body cannot do that anymore. But back to then I was always like field hockey would be a lot of fun just because I feel like it's definitely, you're still like gritty and fighting and yeah, field hockey would be my second life, my second life sport. (laughs) Who was like your soccer role model growing up? Oh my gosh. I had so many. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. It was like Natasha Kai, like all those girls back then in that day. Oh, I loved them. (laughs) <laughs> I can't even remember what year that was. That was probably the year it was like 2000. I was such a baby, maybe 2000. And what year did I graduate high school? It had to be like the 2008 realm, like all those girls. I love those girls. I just remember waking <laughs> up. We were on our trip in Virginia beach and we literally woke up at like three o'clock in the morning to watch them play. Like it was that it was oh me and God. a bunch of, sorry, that's yeah, what I did like this the, summer during the Olympics was waking yeah. up so early to watch the games. <laughs> We did too. I was at Berkshire Soccer Academy camp, which is an awesome camp. Um, and a bunch of us coaches would wake up and watch it before we went and had training. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. then wrapping up, if you could meet like any soccer player, like who would you like right now? Like who would you want to meet? Wow, oh, who would I want to meet? This is hard. I think I would want to meet Julie Ertz. I think she's just like such a, she, she crushed it every time she stepped out on the field and her story was pretty cool from just bouncing around from different positions. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I really admired her when she was playing. I know obviously now she's pregnant, but, um, <laughs> she like kicks ass. She'd be cool to meet. Yeah. She, the, the way she came into the Olympics, I was like, I was like, I don't know about that one. And then she like played almost like every minute and I was like okay was yeah like, she, you go, girl. she crushed it yeah she she kills it so I think she would be someone I mean there's so many and also now having social media like you can see you can really see who they are now um I'd also love to meet Julie Foudy Julie Foudy if you haven't listened to her podcast she's oh, awesome I'm a big fan there's so <laughs> many yeah like there's so many of those OG soccer players that have obviously they've paved the way for everybody else now but they've really truly like they started something that is just like never gonna stop which is really cool as a coach because now I can like there's just so much for these girls to look up to and look forward to yeah for sure 
Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's awesome to talk to you. I know. It's just so much fun. Thanks so much for reaching out. Of course. That is all for this week's episode of Mickey Mike's Up, but I did say I was going to give you guys a quick little life update, and so figured I would do that real fast. But um, honestly, being home right now is kind of kind of just chill. Um, nothing like crazy going on because I am not currently working so I am looking for a job right now hopefully I will be working at a summer camp very very soon that way I can still have time to do this and all my things with women's sports exchange um I got my hair done today I tweeted about it um so if you liked my hair thanks um this past weekend at the Gotham game it was absolutely amazing um I know I talked about it earlier, but there were just so many people there, and to see that many people cheering Gotham on despite the result was really awesome, and I got to meet Ari, so for those of you who have been listening to this podcast since the start, um, it was really, really cool because Ari was one of my first guests, and I remember being so, so nervous to reach out to her and then to talk to her, and she's really just one of the best people ever, so I appreciate her endlessly, um, and getting to talk to her was just the coolest. And then I also got to finally meet Hensley in person. We finally made it work. And it was really great to see her and chat. And Sammy, um, my little sister, made bracelets for her and Paige. And we got a bunch of cards signed and pictures. And it was just such a good, uh, just such a good day. And I'm very, very excited to go to the next Gotham home game. I miss, I miss Red Bull Arena already. <laughs> um, but in the upcoming weeks, I have some really awesome stuff happening with Jersey, with Women's Sports Exchange, probably Jersey Sporting News too. I'm working on an article about the Riveters and all their off-season moves because they have been busy, um, but mostly Women's Sports Exchange. We are relaunching very, very soon, and I, I don't know. It was just so cool to see something that, like, you started and you're so passionate about come to life and, like, become this thing, and that's what's happening with this and so it really brings me so much joy and we are working on lots of awesome things um we just recently put out the summer schedule and so that is being updated as we find things um I know that there's like tournaments and things that are not on there yet but just for anybody who did um see that and was like hey it's missing this thing definitely let me know if anything is missing But, um, you know, Emma, Audrey, Maggie, and I are, and the rest of the team are working real hard to get as much in there as we can. And so just make sure to follow Women's Sports Exchange on Twitter at WSportsExchange and on Instagram at WSXchange. And then make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Alfano, on Instagram at Mickey.Alfano, and at MickeyMikesUp. And then I am also going to New York City Pride this weekend, so... Be sure to keep your eyes peeled for lots of stuff about that because I will probably talk all about that on here, but I might be doing a takeover on our Women's Sports Exchange Instagram to take you through Pride with me. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week.